0: We're back here on the North Shore Drive podcast. It's a Monday episode. The Steelers have played their first preseason game, so it's time to get a 53-man a roster projection. We'll get Ray Fittipato's first full roster projection, offense, defense, and who, which, which players you should be watching that could change things up the most in these next two preseason games. I'm your host, Chris Carter of the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. It's going to be a fun episode. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive podcast. A show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Hosted by Christopher Carter. Hello and welcome to the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. I'm your host, Chris Carter, joined today by Ray Fittipaldo, both of us write for the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. You can find all our content at post-gazette.com. You can also find this show, the North Shore Drive podcast, every Monday, Wednesday and Friday on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Just look for Post Gazette Sports and you'll find our channel that also has daily content coming out, both from Steelers Training Camp and from all of our teams here in Pittsburgh that we cover at the Post Gazette, including Steelers, Pirates, Penguins and Pitt and, and everything around here. We're gonna we got a lot of Steelers talk today. We're gonna do our Graves Fittipato's fifty three man roster projection, which should be up by the time that you're that you're hearing this or watching this, whether however you're consuming this. And we're gonna break things down here. Now the Steelers did win their first preseason game, twenty seven to seventeen. Kenny Pickett went six of seven, led a touchdown drive, and everyone's excited about that. And I think that the, a lot of the Steelers rookies should look look pretty well. So what we what we're gonna do is we're gonna talk with Ray here about how that his how he how after that first test. How he sees this roster shaking out now, Ray. Looking at your looking at looking at your roster projection, I'm not going to reveal all the positions that that, that are in, that are in play here, but are all the people that are in play here. But you're basically on on offense. You're you're keeping three quarterbacks, two running backs, six wide receivers, four tight ends, and nine offensive linemen. And, and anyone that you know knows traditional roster construction might be looking at you saying, Ray, what do you mean only two running backs and you have four tight ends? What is that? but I think you can say what we've all seen at training camp that makes this make a whole lot of sense.
1: Yeah, I mean, Chris, I mean, if you wanted to, you could say three running backs and three tight ends if you wanted to categorize Connor Hayward as a fullback H-back. I mean, honestly, it's just really the terminology that you want to use. And, you know, I think one of the reasons Anthony McFarland is going to have a hard time making this roster, along with Najee Harris and Jalen Warren, it's the special teams value. And yeah. Benny Snell has been the number three running back here for years, uh, but he was on the roster because he played special teams. You could probably count uh, on both hands, the number of carries he had in his last couple of years with, with the Steelers barring, you know, some late season games where, um you know, where, where, where he, he was a guy who, who got carries because of injuries. Um, He was on the roster for special teams and Anthony McFarland, other than, his returning abilities doesn't run down on kicks and do that type of stuff. So Connor Hayward does all of that. Um, so, I, you know, I think they can put a number three running back on the practice squad. If there's an injury to Harris or Warren, boom, that guy gets elevated. It's not that big of a deal. So that's kind of my thinking on that. Um, although I, I agree, you look at it, only two running backs, it does kind of pop out. But that's sort of the reasoning behind that. But I mean, they
0: also they they gave Connor Hayward a direct handoff like it wasn't a, a jet sweep handoff. They actually like gave him a real handoff in this last preseason game. I'm fully with you like that. His versatility is going to be something that they want to use. And this could be a way to do it in that if an emergency breaks out, if Najee Harris and Jalen Warren both go down to injury, you can at least throw him back there. And if nothing else. He becomes a tough guy who can run in hard situations, but can also be a good pass protection for Kenny Pickett because that's what he does anyway. That's normally with his job. So I I hear you on that. And I think that makes a lot of sense. You have six wide receivers here. I'm, very intrigued to see who your six are. We can probably guess the top four: George yeah. Pickens, Deontay Johnson, Calvin Austin, and Allen Robinson. Not in that order, right. but that means you have two guys left of the. Of the, I think there's five more that are on the that are on the ninety man roster right now. Yeah. Who are the two guys that make it?
1: I've got Gunnar Olszewski and Miles my- Boykin making it, Chris. Mm. And here's my my thought process on that. Even though Gunner and Calvin Austin are very similar with their skill skill sets, I, I just can't ignore the camp that he's having. He's having a really good camp. Um, he's reliable, and I also can't ignore what Kenny Pickett and Mike Tallman had to say about him um, over the last week or so. I mean, Kenny singled him out without any um, prompting and uh, mentioned him as as a strong candidate to be the number four guy, even though he be classified as a number five guy, technically. And uh, Mike Tallman only had good things to say about him. So when you're reliable like that um, and the quarterback speaks up for you, I I think that, that, that counts for something. And then Boykin over Cody White. I mean, listen, it's, it's purely a special teams move. I think people know when you get down to the nitty gritty, you know, the, the spots, 50, 51, 52, 53 on that roster, it does come down to the special teams abilities and, Mouse Boykin probably isn't the receiver that Cody White is, but he does provide more value on special teams.
0: Agree. And that's absolutely a part of the part of this situation here. And I think there's some people out there saying, like, what about Hakeem Butler? What about Cody White? Like, what about these other guys that we've seen on the roster? But bottom line, special teams is important because those are also roster spots that you have to account for. And too, like you said, especially with Gunnar Olszewski, He has been very reliable in camp, and I mean, that's what Kenny Pickett said. He's like, that guy's extremely reliable to throw to, and like you said, fourth or fifth option, that's fine for where he's at. In the, in the offense, and he knows what he's doing here. Like, like Gunnar Olszewski, like when I was covering Pitt in spring practices, I used to see him just kind of just like working out on the Steelers' side of the field by himself. He stayed in Pittsburgh. He worked with Kenny Pickett in the offseason along with other receivers and built that rapport with him. I think that's going to work in his favor, so that makes a whole lot of sense. Let's talk about the offensive line, though, because you have nine offensive linemen here. Who are the nine, and how do you see this shaking out?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think the top seven – are pretty clear cut. Um, you know, you have the five starters. Well, Dan Moore, uh, then you'll have Isaac Sayamalu, Mason Cole, James Daniels, and Chukes Okorafor. And then, of course, Broderick Jones um, will be the number three tackle. And uh, Nate Herbig is the the top interior backup at Garden Center. Um, and then it gets interesting after that. You know, there, there's a possibility they can only keep eight linemen. I have them keeping nine in my final two. Go to Kevin Dotson and uh, Spencer Anderson. And the the reason I do that, Chris, is the position flexibility that Spencer Anderson offers. Yeah. Um, listen, you you watched that game uh, Friday night. Kendrick Green is still having a hard time playing center in the NFL. Um, two catastrophic mistakes um, that got the Steelers into a second and thirty six situation and. I understand he'd be your third center into a game. I, I get it, and I guess that's part of the reason why I don't have him on the roster. I just I can't justify a spot for him on the roster as a fullback when he's not going to be among your top not nine nine or ten linemen. So that's my thinking there. And then Kevin Dotson, um, you know, quite honestly, um, more experience at guard, starting experience at guard. You know, should Nate Herbig have to go in that center for an extended period? Let's say that Mason Cole has a long-term injury. Then Kevin Dotson would give you a really good option as a starter, a former starter. And uh, like I said, Anderson's flexibility. He's played left guard and right guard um, in camp. He's played right tackle in camp. They really like him at tackle. You Mm -hmm. watch the practices like I do. I think he's Mm -hmm. playing more tackle than than guard right now. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know if a lot of people thought that was going to happen, but he's really good. Um, You know, there's a chance they might want to develop him more on the practice squad if they think they can get him through. But I I just think with, with his versatility, I I think he's already a better option than Kendrick green. And one guy I left out is the Raven Clark. And, you know, he was brought here by Andy Weidel. You know, I, again, I just think with Broderick Jones, number three, Spencer Anderson can play tackle. Do you really need a fourth tackle on the 53? I say no. Go for the versatility, and Anderson certainly provides that.
0: I think it's certainly going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Real quick, before we roll to the defense in the next segment, uh, what is your what is, what is your outlook for how this quarterback situation plays out? And obviously, they keep the three that they look at, Pickett, uh, uh, Rudolph, and Trubisky, but there are, there are projections that, like, what happens if a team loses their starting quarterback to an injury or something that happens every year. And then that team comes looking around the Steelers have two viable backup quarterbacks who Mitch Trubisky, you know, could be a target for some teams out there. Do you think that's something the Steelers would entertain, or do you think that they like having their deep quarterback room as it is?
1: You know, I, I think the Steelers really like Mitch Trubisky. They like his experience. Um, they like his mobility. That's the only, you know, you talk about Mason Rudolph being in the, a good option. He is a good option. He just doesn't move around as well as is Trubisky. And if Pickett gets hurt, I think they wouldn't you know want to keep that element to their offense. So um, you know the other issue is I you know they really like Tanner Morgan, the undrafted free agent um, out of, out of Minnesota.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, made some mistakes. Made one big mistake in that preseason game. Do you really want to trade Mitch Trubisky and elevate Morgan to number three when? You could probably, you know, with the expanded practice squads, Chris, probably stash him as one of your 16 practice squad players if you do want him to become your number three next season. I mean, Mason's mm-hmm. only under contract for one season here. So if you want to think ahead like that, I think it would make sense to keep Morgan on the practice squad, even though they've never really kept a quarterback on the practice squad. So that's kind of the the, the way I'm thinking about it. I, I just think the big thing over the offseason for this front office was acquire depth and quality depth, they have that in their quarterback room. So unless you would get a crazy offer, why would you mess with that?
0: I'm right with you on that uh that's i think right now they like that chemistry and also they work together well like that's one thing they talk about is they watch film together they help each other and like if you remember like i i remember seeing uh just from the broadcast when Tanner Morgan threw that interception all three of them were with him like it, it th- that room is strong together they help they, they prop each other up Kenny Pickett even talked about them both being back this year was something that was going to help him in his process growing as a quarterback so that's something there we'll talk about rays projections on the defensive side of the ball with the 53 man Foster here on the other side of this break on the North Shore Drive podcast and the Pittsburgh Post. because that stick with us. We got a lot more to discuss. But first, I want to remind you this show is sponsored by Sabina's Kane and Gallucci, the mesothelioma and asbestos lawyers with over 85 years of experience. You want to call them now for a free consultation. That's Sabina's Kane and Gallucci here in the Pittsburgh area. Also, Pella Windows and Doors of Pittsburgh. There's no better place to get new windows and doors installed in your home than Pella, who can help you save on energy costs year round. Schedule a free in-home consultation with your local Pella Windows and Doors to find the right product for your home and budget. Give us a call at 866 593 1560 to discuss your project further. That's 866 593 1560 to talk to Pella Windows and Doors of Pittsburgh and get started playing on your new Windows and Doors installation in Pittsburgh. We're back here in the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Chris Carter, Ray bottle breaking it down. Ray, we're continuing with your 53-man roster projection here. We flip to the defensive side of the ball. You have seven defensive linemen. Not that that's crazy, but I'm very intrigued to see who you have here because to me, this might be the hardest group to pick from at the bottom of it because I think there have been so many guys that have looked good in training camp and looked good in the first preseason game. We can obviously throw in uh, Cam Hayward, Larry Ogunjobi, uh, yes. DeMarvin Liao, Keanu Benton. They're the obvious four. They're not getting rid of a guy they drafted in the third round last year or, or second round this year. Those are some obvious four guys. Uh, but Montrevius Adams, Braden Fajoko, Armin Watts, Isaiah Loudermilk, who I think has looked good so far in camp and preseason, all of them play into this. After those first four I mentioned, oh. who are the next three that you have making the roster?
1: Yeah, well, you mentioned all three of them when you mentioned that that sort of second mm. quartet, Adams, Loudermilk, Watts, and um, uh, Braden Fehoko. And mm. for me, Fehoko is the odd guy out. And the only reason he's the odd guy out, I appreciate why they brought him in. They want to be a, a bigger and a more physical football team. Um, but Adams can play nose, Benton can play nose, and Watts can, can play nose as well. And all three of those guys also can bump out and play three technique or even five technique. So, when you when you look at the versatility that those guys offer, um, you know I think that's the reason. You know going into this camp, Chris, you know I thought Loudermilk. I don't, you know, not that he was in trouble, but he needed to step up and he has stepped up. I think he's played well enough to, to you know, be here for a third year. Um, I thought he stood out against the Buccaneers. You know, he was penetrating. He was making some plays there. So that's sort of my my reasoning behind it. I don't think is a bad player. I just don't think he has the versatility to make the roster at this point.
0: I hear you on that. Versatility is going to be very important. I'm intrigued by this because Braden Fajoko, I think, could be a very good run-stuffer for this defense. And that's maybe the thing is that he he's just a run-stuffer. He's not a pass rusher. But, man, and and to your point, he is running with like the third and fourth team defense. It was Adams was running with this. Was running with the, with the ones. He's been running with the ones all all uh, training camp. Uh, then you saw Armin Watts getting in there before him. So that might be it. Is that they may feel that he's too. Nose tackle, you know, in you know, one gap, two gap, zero gap, uh, focused for this to to fit on this roster because they do have limited spots here. I, I'm intrigued to see how this plays out because I like Braden Vahoko a lot. I might trade his spot for Armin Watts uh, yeah. as, as as one of those guys. But again, there's two more preseason games. They're at the Steelers are at at Saint Vincent for through the end of this week, and then they move back to this to the Steelers facility on the south side for practice for the final uh, week of training camp, quote unquote. Um, to see how that plays out. But defensive line, I think it's going to be a lot tighter than most people suspect. But you also have five inside linebackers here. Who are those five? Because I think a lot of people are, are going to have different answers about who can come in after the top three guys.
1: Yeah, so the top three, Holcomb, Roberts, and Alexander, obviously mm-hmm. locks, I think. The way they want to develop Mark Robinson, I think he's 99% a lock as well. They They really – think he's having a good camp. He just – he has to learn um, the defense better. He has to learn how to play the position better. And I think he has to get much better in pass coverage. But they really like the run-stopping abilities that, that he brings to the table. So there's four right there. And I, I had them keeping a fifth. And for me it came down to Tanner Muse, who was signed early in free agency, mostly a special teamer. You know, he's not going to make an impact in your inside linebacker room. And I have Muse making it over Nick Kwiatkowski, the Bethel Park uh, uh, native who, um, you know, has been in the league for about seven years, used to be a starter. Um, You know, for Nick, I think it's unfortunate he was injured um, in that Tampa Bay game. He was on the sidelines on Sunday. We don't really know the extent of the injury, but I think not practicing, not being on their radar, if, if he's not able to play this week, could negatively impact him. So for me, it was close. With Muse and Kwiatkowski, both of those guys would make it as special teamers over, you know, being, quote unquote, inside linebackers in this defense. But, yeah, for me, it just came down to, to to Nick's injury and, you know, the fact that Muse is known as a good special teams player.
0: I mean, special teams is always a core thing. That's why we were talking about just with the wide receiver depth chart who might help, help, it help there. Kwiatkowski is very interesting to me because – I thought he looked really good before he was hurt, and, and you could even tell on the play that he even got hurt. I thought it was one of his more impressive plays because he was covering a tight end downfield, and you saw how he was able to get into his backfield, turn, run, get in the hip pocket of the tight end, and basically close the passing windows. You're not fitting in here, but he landed right on his shoulder. And, I mean, I don't think we've gotten an official announcement of what the shoulder injury is, but his shoulder popped out to me. Like, I was, just thought the way that he, like, grabbed it, and I've seen shoulders pop out in football, I'm like, ooh, I think that thing's out. So it might take – and he he might take some time to recover and and be back. But certainly being injured and the other guy being a, a good special teamer, those are things that do not play in his favor. But again, this is just Ray's initial roster projection. Yeah. See how things change over the next couple of weeks here. And in fact, we'll talk about things that will uh, that could most likely change uh, in a bit here after the break. But before we get to that break, I want to keep talking about this defense here. Now, uh, you have four outside linebackers. I think everyone can talk about that. TJ Watt, Alex Highsmith, Marcus Golden, Nick Herbig. That, yeah. That's pretty good. But I'm really interested to see your six cornerbacks and four safeties that you have here. I think four safeties, Uh, tell me if I'm wrong, you got Minka Fitzpatrick, DeMonte Casey, Keanu Neal, and then is it Miles Killebrew? Correct. Because he's another core special teamer.
1: Correct, yes. And then when when you break it down after that, um, you you know, six cornerbacks, Mm -hmm. you have your, your top guys, obviously your starters, and Patrick Peterson, Levi Wallace you know, Joey Porter pushing for that job, maybe. So that there's your top three. Yep. And then you look at the slot. Well, let's say outside corner first. I think Corey Trice would have pushed James Pierre off the roster. I think that had a good possibility of happening Mm -hmm. if Trice stayed healthy. But once he went down with the season ending ACL, I think that elevated, you know, Pierre. So I have Pierre as the fourth, quote unquote, outside corner on this roster. And then you know, in the slot, and I understand Patrick Peterson's going to move in there and play, but you still have to construct your roster around Patrick Peterson's main job being an outside corner. So then I had Chandon Sullivan and Elijah Riley making this roster. And, you know, the reason I have Riley making this roster over Trey Norwood and Kenny Robinson is just that flexibility between being able to play in that Mike Hilton slash run support slot role, right, and his ability to drop back and play safety as well, which he did last season when he dressed for about four games. Um, so he he's versatile. He's got a good skill set. Kenny Robinson, more of that big safety, kind of in like that Keanu Neal role. So I don't know that you need him. He's had a good camp, but I just don't know. There's a lot of duplication there with him. And Norwood, you know, it's unfortunate again, Chris, he's injured. Yeah. And um, even if he wasn't injured, you know, the fact that they were taking a long look at Riley in the slot instead of Norwood, I think they know what they have in Norwood. Really smart, you know, a good player, but he's kind of limited with his speed, limited with his height. I, you know, I think in, with Riley, he's a little bit more stout, potentially a bigger factor in the running game. So that's why I have him making the roster.
0: I, I, I hear you on that. And I think it's going to be interesting. And we'll talk more about this after the break. But How that could change might be about who offers more flexibility. Because like we're saying, special teams is vital, but also... How many other jobs can can you fulfill? That's that's a big reason why Spencer Anderson. I, I think we both agree what should should make the roster at this point, point. Um, and also why they're going to look at other guys like Connor Hayward who can flex between multiple positions and help them fill roster spots without you know without giving up too many spaces here because the fifty three man roster is tough to build. We'll talk about the pot, potential changes in Ray's projections as he sees. Uh, as, he, as he sees possible in the coming weeks here. The Steelers, again, they practice through uh, Tuesday through Thursday at St. Vincent College. Those are the last days there. And then they'll go back to the Southside facility after their next preseason game against the Bills at Ackershire Stadium this weekend. But, w- but we'll talk about what other things Ray could be looking at here with this 53-man roster projection and how things can change after the break. But before we get to that break, I want to remind you guys that we are brought to you by GameTime.co, where buying tickets for your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. GameTime is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports music comedy and theater events near you they have killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantees so that you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you're about to have the game time app allows you to book tickets up to, up to the last minute even if you didn't plan for it in advance or you just didn't find out about the event until right before it's about to happen these give you exclusive flash deals on any events from football games basketball games baseball games concerts comedy theater events anything near you game time is going to help you find it. and the game time best price guarantee means that you'll always get the best price if you find tickets for the same event in the same section and Row for less, somewhere else, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference in those prices. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code pit for $20 off your first purchase. Or go to their website, gametime.co. Terms and conditions apply, create an account and redeem code pit for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We're back here on the North Shore Drive podcast, Chris Carter, Ray Fittipato, Finishing things up here for the Post Gazette. Ray, wanna wanna look at this 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 roster projection a little bit closer. You mentioned different guys and how things are, but this is nothing in cement. This is just what you've this is just based off of what you've observed in camp and what you've observed through one preseason game. Who are the guys that you think that you didn't name here that stand a good chance to earn their way up into this 50 man 53 man roster?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a couple, Chris, so, you know, we can we we can run them down. I You know, Anthony McFarlane, certainly, you know, I, I had a little bit of second thoughts there just because they are so committed to the running game. You know, what if Anthony McFarlane doesn't clear waivers, then what are you going to do about your third running back? So that's certainly one that could change in the coming weeks. And let's face it, you know, McFarlane's been good. Um, he's also been good at previous camps, but. You no, know, that hasn't always translated to him making the 53-man roster. So he would be one. You know, if they do want to keep three, a traditional three, you know, I I could see them keeping McFarland. Um, And let's let's circle back to Kendrick Green too. I, you know, we all saw the way he struggled as a center against the Buccaneers. Pretty much know based off last season, he can't play guard. But what if Matt Canada and those coaches, you know, Eddie Faulkner? Um, Mm -hmm. Alfredo Roberts. What if they're in love with this jumbo package and they think that this can be, you know, some kind of a different dimension for this uh, offense in short yardage situations and goal line situations. When you project it out, if he's the third string center and he's the third string guard and you want to keep him on the roster just for certain games, you know, just for games where you think, okay, we're going to want to go heavy here and pound this team maybe, maybe you would create a roster spot for him. But um, I, I just go back to his struggles being an interior lineman. I just, that's the reason I, I can't get over that. So those were the main two in my mind. I, you might have some others. You know, we mentioned Kwiatkowski. You know, I think he's mm-hmm. had a good camp. He could change some people's minds. But, you know, those would be the two or three guys right now that I'm thinking about. The next one, my second projection maybe those guys are elevated um, a little bit depending on their health and depending, of course, how they play in this next preseason game.
0: My my thinking here, uh, just, just along those lines with Kendrick Green, it is not enough to just be a fun fullback guy who they throw in and can use his like the, the the reason Connor Hayward works with that is because he can also play tight end and play tight end well like he made a couple good plays in, in in this preseason game and he made some good plays at the end of last year so like there is actual position flexibility it's not enough to just be able to do some other things you have to be good at your first job as well and Kendrick Green just isn't we've seen that and this yeah, is I'm now sure. his third year he's had time to fill out his frame uh, and, and maybe that's just it maybe he just doesn't have the functional strength with his with the way he's built to be a good off the ball line of scrimmage changing uh center slash guard slash interior offensive lineman and maybe that's what's holding him back and it's unfortunate that that's, that's the case for him because he seems like an impressive athlete when you see him on the move and a guy with that size you, like, you want to be able to use that, but that's why it's not just easy to have that. A lot of centers, their priority needs to be coming off the line. That's why it's special when they can do that and they can move the way that Kendrick Green does in pulling and hitting people in space. So I agree with you. He could, if he turns it up, maybe he finds a way to stick around in this roster or maybe they yeah, – but I just think that with how limited the 53-man roster is and how we know how competitive the spots are to make it there and what they have to fit all else in this offense – I have a hard time t- them looking around and justifying it and saying, "Oh yeah, Kendrick Green." We'll just leave you in there because if Mason Cole goes down and he's your next option, I just think that 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 could dismantle the offensive line in a lot of ways and that can make things rough. My other one that I had was what we talked about before is Braden Fajoco. I do think there's a potential here. I want to I want to get your thoughts on this. Yeah, Montrevious Adams. He's been running with the ones all training camp. He ran with the ones on Friday night in the in the first preseason game. If week one against the Niners, is he still their starter at nose tackle or do you see Keanu Benton or one of the other guys taking his spot and him kind of just being part of the rotation?
1: Yeah. I mean, listen, you know, I thought Benton got off to a little bit of a slow start once they put the pads on, but I, before that ankle injury against the Bucks, I, I thought he turned it on the last week or so in practices. And I thought he was really good in that game before he got hurt. So I don't think that ankle injury is too severe. So you know, provided he gets back and gets back to full health within a week or so, I think there would be enough time for Keanu Benton to maybe be the starter. And I think that's the plan, obviously, right? You know, you, you put some more pedigree in there, a guy who can penetrate, be a run stopper in Benton, and that just makes you better because Adams I think is a good player. Is he a great starter? Probably not. But he's a pretty good, you know, number four, number five, number six guy, depending on – you know, how they want to do up those reps. Obviously, Loudermilk and Leal will have their roles, you know, being bigger guys, being out on the edge, more defensive end types. And then you would have the guys like Adams working on the interior. So um, as I mentioned, Omar Khan, Andy Weidel, they wanted to com- uh, create competition. They've done that. And I agree with you. I-, I think that's one of the toughest positions to project now for the 53-man 53 ma- 53 roster, not only for the final spots in the roster, but for those roles for the top six or seven who do make the roster. I, I think it's going to be competitive for two more weeks, and I think that's that's only good for this football team because, as Weidel says, um, the cream rises to the top, and I think we're seeing that through this competition.
0: One thing I think also could play into something interesting here, you know, you had four outside linebackers, but technically they might kind of have five because the way they use DeMarvin Leal with how they move him inside and outside all the time, now officially right. he, he, of course, still is just a defensive end, but the way they use him like he could be another again position flexibility and why it's so important you have a guy like that who you can just easily line up on the edge and he plays he plays in a sim, in a similar fashion to your second uh second you know group of uh, of edge rushers that gives them effectively a fifth guy out there who they can include in a rotation, keep DJ Watt and Alex Highsmith fresh going into the fourth quarter. So they're not playing, you know, 95% of the snaps, but maybe like closer to like 80% of the snaps. They're still getting significant time and they're being the key playmakers, but at least giving them breathers so that in the key part of the games, they're important there. Who are some, are there any other flex guys that you're looking at? Like, Hey, like this player has impressed you with how well they have kind of fit into multiple roles and could make it, maybe interesting for how things could switch up if the Steelers wanted to use that versatility.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I keep going back to Anderson and just how impressive it is for mm. a seventh round pick to be able to a handle rookie. a rookie, to be able to handle not only playing on different sides, but playing different positions. And, you know, the footwork is different if you're playing a right tackle than it is if you're playing right guard, you're on an Island more when you're playing tackle. Um, when you're playing guard, you're in the box more. And I, I asked, Matt Canada yesterday when, when he did a little scrum with reporters, could we see Spencer Anderson take some snaps at center? Cause he did that at Maryland and, you know, Matt didn't rule it out. he says he loves the fact that uh, Spencer can snap the ball. So that's certainly something else that you have to have to think about, but, you know, other than Anderson, you know, and other than, you know, the flexible, the versatile guys like Boykin, who can play special teams, um, you know, Omar Khan, uh, he says versatility is a big aspect of making the roster. Mike Tallman agrees. I mean, the the way uh, Tallman phrases it now is positionless football. So you have to have guys who can sort of be defensive ends and outside linebackers, or guys who can be outside linebackers and inside linebackers, or safeties and slot corners. And the Steelers have that, and they have that in numbers. I think that's why they're going to be much better depth-wise across the board no matter what happens, no matter who makes the team. I think that's a sense They're going to be a much deeper team than they were last year. Just look at outside linebacker, Chris. Mm-hmm. The two outside linebackers they kept to start last season, Derek Tuska and uh, his, uh, the guy Green. from the Broncos. Yeah, Malik Green. Green. Yeah. His name slipped my mind there. But just look at how much better they are with the addition of Herbig and Marcus Golden. To me, it's night and day. And you can go back to offensive line too. How much of an upgrade is Kevin Dotson over Jesse Davis? And how much of an upgrade is Broderick Jones over Trenton Scott? I mean, it's just – it's night and day difference with what they've done. So uh, are they going to be a better football team? That's to be determined. But I can guarantee you they're going to be a much deeper team come September 10th than they were last year when they finished the season, you know, whatever that was, mid-January um, against the Ravens.
0: I feel you right. there, and I think that. Uh, But no, but 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 still, your point still stands. They have invested a lot to make this team deep. There's conversations that we can have about, you know, who's going to make the roster and who can actually be useful to the roster. There's plenty of guys like Kendrick Green who never even dressed last year, uh, on on the roster. Jesse Davis, they brought him in, but they never really had to use him that much because none of the offensive linemen got hurt. Luckily for them, but they're not going to that luck's not going to always hold out you got to be prepared that's why we've been talking about the depth chart here and talking about the 53 man roster if you want to read the 53 man roster and see it just on paper on your computer screen or on your phone go to post-gazette.com ray fitipato has it right there uh, to check it out so check that out there thanks again ray for joining us here in the north shore drive podcast i'm your host chris carter we hope you've enjoyed the show remember you can if you're enjoying it subscribe to our youtube channel subscribe to our podcast channels wherever you get your podcast you get the monday wednesdays and friday shows from the north shore Drive, but you also get the daily content that comes out from the Pittsburgh Post Gazette's sports department. Like we have we have our pit mailbag coming out on Tuesday with myself and Noah Hiles as Pit Training Camp continues. You want thoughts on the Pirates and the Penguins? We got our teams ready for that as well. And of course, throughout training camp, we have all our updates in here. Ray just did one from Sunday. If you want everyone, if you want to examine who's doing well and who's not doing well in training camp each and every day, we got that for you too. All that here from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Thanks again for checking us out. I'm your host, Chris Carter. We'll be back Wednesday with another episode, getting you ready for, to, for how things have, have progressed since, since this since this weekend and getting you ready for how things are going to look heading into the next preseason game. We'll see you then. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive Podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For three months of digital access to post-gazette.com at 99 cents, Click the link below in the description.